You've got your vintage Kenwood KR6170 AM FM stereo receivers tuned to broadcasting from home. I'm your host and best friend, Scrappy McGowan, and this is podcast number 74, Lucky 74. Well, for today's show, we have a special show, and we're going to do something I've been threatening to do for a while, which is we've got a guest. That's right. Alluded to it earlier. So on today's show, we're going to be seating over the mic uh, to my friend Mike. Mike Pace, that's right, Mike Pace of the group Mike Pace and the Child Actors, and uh, Mike was the founder and guitarist of the band Oxford Collapse, which was uh, on the sub-pop label, and they toured together for many years. So we're going to be having Mike and his eclectic tastes do programming for us today. So we'll talk to Mike, and we'll listen to some of the, the strange and offbeat oddities that he collects. So that's on today's show. But we're going to kick off the show with a set of some rock and roll before we get to the interview. And uh, we're going to start things off with a track from Yola Tango. They just put out their first new album of original music in many years. Four or five years? So we're going to start off the show with a track from Yola Tango. And this is a track called For You Too. Not as in the band, but for Y-O-U-T-O-O.
Yeah.
Some solid rock and roll to start off the show. We began with the track from the group Yola Tango. That was the song for you too. And that comes from their brand new album. Named after the great album from Sly and the Family Stone. It's called There's a Ride Going On. That came out last month. They're going to be on tour throughout the world. They're going to be kicking off in uh, in the Northeast and then just traveling everywhere for a number of months. So a little Yola Tango to start off the show, featuring Croton on Hudson's own Ira Kaplan on guitar and lead vocal. After Yola Tango, we heard a track from the band Lemonheads, a song called Confetti. That comes from their wonderful album, It's a Shame About Ray. And then we ended up that short set with some classic rock and roll 
from Rod Stewart. Every picture tells a story. That is the title track to that album. And you know, it's interesting. You know, love listening to the track. I grew up on that album. Uh, it came out in 1971, I believe. I got it for Christmas that year. Been listening to it for lots of years. But sometimes you revisit it and you pick up things you didn't quite get when you're younger. Well, first of all, they're talking about Peking. I was on a Peking ferry. So for you, you millennials who don't know what Peking is, that's what we used to call Beijing. Kind of like uh, Mumbai. It used to be Bombay, actually. For, for folks in India, it's still Bombay, but we call it Mumbai. But uh, also a little racism there. Not a little, it's, it's, it's some racism. You talk about a slant-eyed lady. And uh, it just doesn't fly. Um, Rod, you disappoint me. On the other hand, it has some great acoustic 12-string guitar. So that's that's great. So acoustic 12-string guitar, racism, eh, it's, it's not good. It's not good, but uh, a little racist um, Rod Stewart to end up that first set. Well, as as forementioned, we're going to be doing a, for the rest of the show, we're going to be doing some guest DJing with my pal Mike Pace and uh, talking to him a little bit and uh, listening to some music. Some He has great taste, odd taste. He, he's a collector of, of strange and wonderful music, sometimes more strange, sometimes more wonderful. So we're just going to move things over to my interview with Mike. Okay, so we are doing something we haven't done in the podcast before. We actually have a guest. I've threatened to do this for quite a while, never actually done it. So we have in the studio here, here in Studio T in Crudson on Hudson, New York, we have Mike Pace, which um, I'm sure all of you listeners will know him mostly. He was the bass player in OK Go for many Oof. years. And uh, you were also one of the chef testants on season eight of Top Chef, correct? Yeah, well, it's funny. It's funny you bring up the bass player of OK Go. I actually, I know that guy. I can't remember his name. But his his number was in my phone uh, for a number of years. He lives in Los Angeles. Of course, um, you know him. I don't remember. I, what, what the hell is his name? But you have his number. Not anymore. Okay. I think it was just literally in my phone as OK Go bass player. Anyway, <laughs> it is it's odd. been a long That's time. I yeah. just pulled that yeah. out of nowhere, <laughs> and of course, which which is part of the thing I love dealing with you, Mike. You have so much random knowledge, oh. and connections to things that of course you would actually have used to have the phone number do yeah. you have any of the phone numbers from the chef testants of season eight i don't even top chef? no i don't i've okay. never seen the show okay well no. that's good yeah so mike our our listeners know you because i play your music yeah thank you, you are uh both currently with the child actors as well as with oxford collapse first question name yeah. never asked you the question i was going to save it the name the name oxford name? collapse where did it come from yeah um, the, uh, the, the origin story, if you will, is that that band formed uh, when some of the founding members, I guess, the founding members would form the band, right, uh, were living in London, studying overseas. Um, Including and, you? Yeah. This is, you this were in was, London. This was, <laughs> my sorry, for the listener, <laughs> we're, uh, we're in a vocal booth in Studio T in Croton-on-Hudson, but it's, it's tight quarters here, and some of this foam padding on the wall is kind of rubbing up against myself as I ease back from right, the... Uh, partially because I'm not wearing pants. That's right. So, so okay, so yeah, so uh, my, uh, my junior year of college, I studied abroad, uh, and then I studied um, English history as well. Uh, that was a joke. Uh, um, no, no, I studied in London and met the other guys and who, who we decided to form a band when we came back to New York. And the name originally was just The Collapse, but then we added Oxford in there because we had lived off of Oxford Street. And as, as if many of your listeners may or may not know, 
Oxfordry is sort of the center of like crass commercialism in London and being an, you know, idealistic college kid, um, you know, flirting with, uh, uh, you know, tenets of Marxism and, uh, and see, the situationist I, and stuff, the collapse of... Uh, which makes yeah. sense because I thought I knew you were an English major and I just assumed it had to do with I, the, I, Ox- I, the Oxford comma. No, I wasn't an English major either. I I may I might have a degree in individualized study from okay. NYU, which so, is like underwater which basket weaving. Which is like a yeah, it was my it <laughs> and, was a focus your, on all your, these things. Your your mom spent how much for that degree? That was that one didn't come cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, uh, yeah, that one uh, that was a there was no full ride in there. That no. was uh, that was you know, so, room and board. <laughs> So we, we have you here today, yes. uh, too, because you're going to be our first guest. I slept all DJ. the way up to Croton on Hudson. You I mean, did, I, I know, <laughs> and it is a hellhole, let's be honest. But the bagels are good. Yes. The bagels are good. Um, so we wanted- Was that a dig? At, is that sort of an anti-Semitic thing there that you just assumed that I was Jewish and so you the bagel thing? You're Jewish. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. For the listener- uh, Scra- you have, you Scrappy have, just looked you, at my profile and tried to... You have okay. payus. Yes. It's like, what it's, else I, was I supposed yeah, to think? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I know. Great bagels, I hear. I had them in the, <laughs> the office, and they were bagels oh, here, right. so they, you could have tried them. Anyway, so we brought Mike in to be our first guest DJ. Now, one of the things about Mike that I love is you have, and, and we, we tease each other a lot, but you have tremendous musical knowledge, a lot of obscure music. Uh, you're, you're, we have differences. Mm-hmm. We have commonalities. You're a Stones guy. I'm a Beatles guy. But but your knowledge, you're the only person I can get into a conversation about Stomo Yumashita, mm-hmm. um, for instance. Yeah. And, or I could, you know. I'm going to pretend are, I know who that are, is. Are, yeah, are yeah. you a Cornell Dupree guy? <laughs> to, yeah. Mo- yeah. It's sure, not good sure. party talk whatsoever. It's better, you. you know, when you go into a party and you just go like, hey, guys, Beatles are Stones. Right. That's, and then, that's, you know. That's usually <laughs> it. <laughs> but it's like, you know, Richard T, was he, yeah. you know, pre-stuff pre, pre or after stuff? I'll take it all. I like the stuff stuff. Uh, so we, we brought you in because we, you're going to be guest DJing uh, set for us. Oh, can't wait. So uh, tell us, what's, what's, what's the first song that you've got for us? Okay, so I, I have a couple of selections here. I figured that the first song would be something that kind of speaks to my musical influence, and you could sort of hear strands of in... Uh, the Oxford Collapse stuff, and then some of the child actor stuff. Uh, this is a band from Boston called 21645, who were uh, an early 80s kind of post-punk band in the vein of like a mission of Burma. Um, never put out a record, but they were on a, um, a seven-inch compilation with three other bands in that's 1982. A, that's, that's a big compilation. Yeah. It, uh, the other bands, uh, also local uh, Boston bands from the time, Dangerous Birds, Christmas, and a band called V. And 21645 have a song called Babel. And this was a song that, you know, uh, being sort of a, a, a music enthusiast and kind of record collector, as were the other guys in the band, and being interested in stuff from that time period, especially like these American bands, the Minutemen and um, Husker Du and then and REM and, and all of the sort of also-rans that never got a shot, this band 21645 who are who were at the time kind of ungoogleable right now hot tip for your listeners if you put the band name in quotes and then you write band in quotes you'll probably be able to find them okay 21-645 the song is called babel it's a beautiful song um and uh and i it's it's something that i think if more people heard they might be into okay so let's listen to that now <laughs> Thank you. 
So that second song was um, uh, a 45 off of the Invictus record label, the Barino Brothers. That, I, that I one expect came, no less. That one you. came out in 1971. This one to me is like a an alternate universe Motown smash. And this being the Barino Brothers who were the brothers of Jasmine Barino from season two of American Idol? It's They are related. Really? So, yeah, no. Well, uh, it, it, I was impressed that I was able to pull out Jasmine Barino. I, I think the name is Summer Barino. Oh, okay. I don't so, know. Well, yeah. it was I in doing research um, into the song, I, I saw that they were like, it's the uncles of, of them and, and there's someone else in the family who has some other musical acclaim. But this is one of these tracks that the Invictus label was Holland Dozier... Uh, Holland, the the songwriting team uh, behind many Motown hits, had this Invictus label and um, uh, chairman of the board were probably the best known band on the label. Uh, uh, but this this Barino Brothers, it's a single. I don't even think it's on the one record they did. Uh, it's called Trapped in a Love, as you just heard. Uh, and it's one of these songs that had it, you know, had it had a chance on the charts, probably would have been would have been a big hit. So you're like me, where you you know what would have been the hit for the songs that never were a hit if we had all the power. I think, I think I have a, not to pat myself on the back, uh, I think I have a fairly good ear for, uh, you know, what, what could it's be It's an hit. attractive I, I'll, I'll give you an example. When, um, when Oxford Collapse was readying our, our first record uh, for Sub Pop, mm-hmm. they said uh, they had come back with one song that they thought might be a good uh, lead-off single. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the band, we had said, well, actually, we think we should go with this other song called Please Visit Your National Parks, which turned out to be the closest thing that we ever had to it, a quote-unquote hit. And this is also definitely an alternate universe hit. Of course. But if there's, excuse me, if there's one thing that, uh, uh, if there's a song that anybody knows that band for, it is Please Visit Your National Parks. And that was just because Look, we had the ear. You did. And well, the suits again, it's just being the ear. I know the person who turned down Enya from Wyndham Hill. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. She, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm an Enya she, fan myself. But, but, you know. but she can't sing to save yeah. her life without effects. Okay, that makes she has sense. trouble yeah. holding a tune. Yeah. In all seriousness, her sisters from uh, Clanad. Yeah, the yep, Clanad yep. family. I mean, she can't sing. That's her she sisters. Ne- I didn't that's know that. Her, okay. Yeah, she is the youngest of the okay. uh, of the Clanad clan. The Clanad clan. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so. S- question for you with yeah. your with all the records you have how many records do you own I think I'm approaching about 1600 okay and but how many, but you've gotten rid of lots I've right? gotten rid of you know look the plight of the record collector is space and money and not even money as much for in my case not only because I'm I'm uh, I, inha- I you know I'm I'm a wealthy man but because uh, I tend to buy dollar records and I if I spend more than eight dollars on a record that's a rarity yeah. you know anywhere between one and five bucks so well, I'm not spending a lot of money on records they just take up space in the house and, and the reality is is that you know for for reasons we don't need to get into I just I moved into a new house and I haven't you know everything's not fully set up yet so I'm let's be a lot honest of stuff on you're not a young man anymore and the older you <laughs> get the heavier the records feel that's right that's right thank you for uh, for reminding me of that um yeah, I know. I tend to listen to a lot of stuff on the go. Yeah. Um, I and, do, and you laugh at me because they said, let me give you this record. And you're like, well, I don't need that record from you. I can get that look, music. Look, I, I may not be as young as I once was, but I'm not elderly. And so I think I have, a pretty, I have a pretty good grasp on the digital realm and the ability to kind of listen to stuff on the go and find 
what I've purchased on vinyl online and then be able to listen to it via my modded iPod Classic. Yes, it's, uh, yeah. and, and, and you remind me every time you pull out the modded. Let's talk about the modded yeah. iPod Classic. How much money did you spend to I upgrade spent... your, your, your hard drive by, oh, what, I just, 40 gigs? I just, I, no, I just bought a brand new, well, it was, you know, brand new used car in the words of, of Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> but uh, it was v- uh, via some gray market. Uh, dealer in Hong Kong's 300 bucks and it was a completely reformatted modded 256 gig iPod Classic. Right. And and as as all your listeners all know, the, the largest size of the, I, the iPod Classic was 160, 160 gigs. So you, right, you got yeah. up to... Uh, I got almost 100 more. Look at that. Yeah. And, yeah, that, so and I got plenty of space. Yeah. But also you stream stuff. I'm not behind the times there. But there are certain things like this Barino Brothers song that we just heard you probably can't find on... On Spotify, as as and you as said, they're from Boston. No, oh. well, uh, that was the, the, the initial twenty twenty one six four five from Boston. Okay. I don't remember where Barino Brothers were from. Okay, did they ever tour with the Penis? Oh, you know, no, I think I know where they were from, uh, North Carolina, okay. because now it's coming back to me. That song that we just heard was co-written by General Johnson, the main guy and chairman of the board, who were also from North Carolina. There was like this North Carolina beach R and B scene in the sixties and seventies. So yeah. Okay, so you you would be the perfect guy to have at Extreme Music Trivia Night. Um, look, I don't like to flaunt it. Uh, I don't del- I don't do trivia nights very often. I don't do karaoke either. Um, but I don't know. Well, you know, I'd have to see. Okay, I'd have to see. So we we have one last set coming up, or a couple of songs for so for our third song. What what do you have for us? So. So uh, for the third song, we're going we're gonna to fast forward uh, uh, to the mid-90s. Uh, this is a band called Eggstone, who are from uh, Sweden. They were sort of a uh, indie pop, kind of power poppy uh, group that was immaculately produced. Uh, guys got a beautiful voice. Songs were incredibly catchy, and they just were kind of roundly or soundly ignored in the States. And this is a band that I discovered in college um, through um, uh, a roommate of mine who was really deep in kind of the indie pop world. And I just fell in love with this band. And they've always been kind of, you know, a, a um, something I would listen to here and there. And oh, let me listen to Eggstone. And then just earlier this week, somehow I, I was I I'd stumbled upon the fact that they had released a song back in 2016, the first their first song and maybe Almost 20 years. They'd broken up. They'd gone into other things. And, and then they just came back together and released the song Two Crickets <laughs> in the States. Um, and that's not the song I'm going to play. But I'm going to play a song from their uh, 1994 record called Somersault. Song's called Desdemona. And when you hear it, this is another one that you could hear. Like, this, this, this could have been a hit. It sounds like George Michael fronting a... Um, uh, Sort of like a, a, a you know a, a baroque loungy power pop thing, if that makes sense. Um, and no wonder it didn't do well. But anyway, okay. here's Eggstone with Desdemona. Stay. 
a captain putting strings on his guitar. Stuntman had a ride from Western Union. Congratulations, here's a life for your cigar. A lullaby for Carrie Nation. Now, would you like to dance a lady restless It's hard to lead when you have got no destination. Thank you. 
So we finish off that set with we're going to go backwards now. We're going to okay. go from the from the the fifth song you've picked. We ended up that set with so so the last song we just heard was too good to turn back now by a guy named Rick Bowles or it could actually be pronounced Bells. I'm not sure. It's B O W L E S. This track also came out in 1982, and as you could tell, this is straight up AOR kind of good time rock and roll. The exact opposite of the very first song we heard, that 21645 song, also from 1982. Um, I developed uh, an interest in kind of AOR, which isn't really a genre, it's more of like a radio marketing term, but there is... Um, so for our listeners, that's album-oriented rock. Al- album-oriented rock. Um, 
and and there's there's there are these music fans out there that like kind of flock to this stuff where it's like again like v- scrubbed clean guys with it's almost like the blander is the better um, guys with names like Scott Roberts you know or or you know where where they're, they're I actually knew one a guy named Scott Roberts okay, he well, was I a don't, musician and, and maybe yes, the, he, would, he was scrubbed oh, no, clean there's, no there's, there is actually a guy named David Roberts and these are these are records that came out on major labels that are they don't really make this type of music anymore you know it's like it's it's inoffensive it's kind of almost sanitized but you're talking about the cream of the crop in terms of session players and classic songwriting and it's something that I've kind of gotten into as I've gotten older and grown farther away from my kind of do-it-yourself punk roots it's like diametrically opposed to that. So this Rick Bowell song uh, made it to nineteen, uh, made it to uh, seventy-seven on the top one hundred back in nineteen eighty-two. Um, uh, the record is called "Free for the Evening," and you could probably find it in a dollar bin somewhere. But um, just it's just a good, it's just a good. This is a, this is TV sitcom theme song worthy. Okay. So that, that's why I picked that one. And then the song before that. So before that was um, sort of an interesting curio. Uh, another recent discovery. This is by a woman named Jane Getz, uh, G-E-T-Z, a jazz pianist, but no relation to Stan Getz. Um, Who I play frequently. There you go. So this is this, as you could hear, is sort of like uh, it's sort of like a country rock, almost a little f- little feetish take with uh, um, uh, some jazz tendencies. Uh, the track was called Here Comes the Captain. This is a record I stumbled upon uh, in a bin at a record store, and, and it sort of ticked all the boxes of things I was interested in, singer-songwriter, female vocals, early 70s. Um, and, and it's quite an interesting record. She also released a record under the name Mother Hen, um, around the same time, she was this this Jane Getz record was called No Ordinary Child, uh, and then she didn't put out anything for like twenty years, and I think did a lot of session work. Um, but she has a unique voice, as you can tell, and and definitely this kind of yeah, it reminds me of uh, like something off of like the first couple of Little Feet records. Okay. Uh, and we started the set off with with Eggstone. Okay, so we're going to close things out here with playing a track of yours. So. Um what what song from Mike Pace and the Child Actors are we going to be listening oh, to here? Oh boy, um, you weren't prepped. See, you weren't prepped. I, you're th- you're I, I throwing threw a me. Curve. That's my job. Throwing me for a loop here. I would say, you know, I should say for your listeners, I'm working on a new record right now, um, which is very exciting, uh, and we'll hopefully have something ready to go uh, by the end of the spring or early summer. Uh, but if you want a uh, a good feel for what um, what I'm sort of doing now, why don't we check out a track from the uh, EP I put out last year uh, called Get Soft. The, this, that's the name of the EP. The song is called Audits and Surveys, okay. which was the name of my uh, uh, the company my dad worked for for many years, a market research company. Audits uh, and Surveys. Yeah, yeah okay. not too far from uh, uh, the Croton on Hudson offices in New York City. Okay. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. You're our first guest. Hopefully not our last. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you. I, I try to 
fine gems, but my, I will fully But you have to settle for me. No, I will fully admit that your knowledge, I like to think that I have a broad and deep musical knowledge. Any day you outstrip my knowledge. Um, you, in fact, you're the kind of guy, you know, light in the attic records. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. So you, that's, yeah. you need to go start a record label that pulls out all these gems and re-releases That them. sounds like a, a, a good use of my time and a, and a great money-making venture. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks for being on the show, Mike. Thank you.
track from Mike Pace to end up the interview, end up the set. That was his track called Audits and Surveys from his EP, Get Soft, from a couple of years ago. That was a fun interview with Mike. Mike's a really interesting guy. Um, and uh, we talk music all the time, as you can imagine. We both have a love for obscure and underserved music and uh, the minutia. And uh, we're, we're always talking about interesting music. He's the guy who, who always knows more than me. I like to think I'm, I'm the person who knows all the details, but he know, always knows more than me. We talk Van Morrison. Of course, he loves Veed and Fleece. Uh, of course, he knows Heart, knows The Highway, the albums that nobody knows. Uh, we talk Bee Gees. We talk producers. We talk all sorts of stuff. And... Uh, Anyway, so it was great having Mike here in the studio and listening to some of the, the strange and wonderful music that he collects. And hadn't heard of a single artist that he played for me. I think maybe that was part of the point. And uh, all these albums, when the folks who record them, you know, they put their hearts and souls and they figure this could be their big break. That's kind of what everybody's hoping for. And then the vast majority of these albums that get recorded really go nowhere. And so there's this tre treasure trove of wonderful music out there that uh, most of us have never heard. So it was great to have Mike here in the studio just to chat and discover some of that great music. So I really appreciate Mike coming by and talking to us today. And that brings us to a close of podcast number 74 of Broadcasting from Home. I'm your host and best friend, Scrappy McGowan. And uh, we're going to finish up the show with uh, another track from Mike and his band, The Child Actors. This is a song of his from his uh, first full-length album uh, as a solo artist. And there's a his album, Best Boy. This is a track called Fire Sale. And I will talk to you soon. Yeah, 